This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by Audible, and you listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial. Ready for another fun-filled episode of Laser Time? Not me. That's a really dumb tease that for the is. topic we're talking about today. Welcome it, to the internet's leading seventh leading pop culture show. I'd say we're back down towards the bottom at this point. Uh, but today, there are only eight. What? Yeah, no, there are way more than that. But oh, we okay. shoot up every every so often. Usually, whenever Bob gets in a fight with somebody. Um, ah, right. <laughs> but anyway, I'm Chris Antista. Who else is with us? What day does this come out? Uh, to Monday. Oh no, that's the worst day. Why? Oh, <laughs> I hate those days. I get it. I get it. I'm Shit, actually, I, I hate Mondays. God damn it! And who else is with us? Special guests. Uh, Diana the Horrible. Di- <laughs> I'm a Viking. Ack! It's Michael. <laughs> no, I meant to go and look at that. Thank you. Everybody knows what the topic is. And yeah, the, if really. you don't know what Laser Time does, we tend to grab a topic, get you a bunch of fun sound effects so you can help maybe relive or remember something a little better. And this is going to be a challenging episode because today we'll be talking about comic strips. Comic strips. Mm-hmm. How do you get sound effects for comic <laughs> strips? Well, we're going to talk about uh, certain uh, certain criteria for comic strips, but mostly about these stealth pilots that you never saw as an excuse to talk about comic strips. So what you're going to end up hearing is maybe these characters you know by name but have never heard speak before in your life. So stay oh tuned. God. Even if you think you're going to be bored by this, you're going to hear people you never knew, talk, like people you've known for 30, 40, 50, 60 years talk for the first time. Are we going to hear Lorenzo music in this episode? Uh, no, not once. I don't, oh, have, no. I don't have him at all, but you'll figure out what this is from. Yeah, with great big long wings. What comic cartoon character did Robin Williams voice in a single special? If you've been listening to Laser Time a long time, you know the answer. Everyone at the table knows the answer because they saw the clip. But that's what we'll be talking about in this week's episode, comic strips. Because I had a really dumb conversation with Michael recently <laughs> uh, about Toon Lagoon in Universal yeah. Studios, okay. Florida. Or the Island of Dead IP. It's, it's, it's this astonishingly beautiful tribute to comic strips, and I grew up obsessed with comic strips. Mm-hmm. Every time I think I can pass for a millennial, fuck napkins! I don't need that shit! You don't need napkins when you have dirty laundry. Exactly. <laughs> or socks. I don't want to get into that part of it. But, but comic strips that I grew up loving comic strips, and I think part of that is being devoid of a lot of other entertainment and choice. Yeah. But being able to be daily served by these... I was obsessed with them. Before I read comic books, I was obsessed with comic strips. Mm-hmm. Like, to a drastic degree. Yeah, and pre-internet, I, I would go to, like, the school library or my local library and just get, like, every Dilbert Garfield, every book I could find and just read them yes, over and over like, and, oh, yeah. and, like, laugh out loud to myself. Like, like good getting Wizard of Id collections from, like, the 60s, and, like, holy hell, this is really racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, incredibly um, racist. Yeah. And it ran in national newspapers. Mm-hmm. Not, not only national newspapers, it was hard to find numbers on it, because it's like, this comic is published in... And they give you this fucking number, but the number equates to, like, if someone were counting televisions and not channels or, like, ratings, like... Just because someone, re- I would say more than ever, just because someone's reading a newspaper this year doesn't mean they're reading the funny section. So it's hard to know how far a comic circulates 
I would say there's a substantial portion of newspaper readership who doesn't see the comic pages. They're there for the fucking news. There are so many things in newspapers that it's like, this is for one niche group mm-hmm. and no one else. Little and League scores? I, How sad. How sad is <laughs> no, your life? No, TV Guide? No. <laughs> Bridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bridge, the, the junior jumble. It's like jumble, but See, dumber. The my, wedding announcements. My newspaper was small enough that they ran the bridge column on the comics page. So wow. it was like this it's weird like the, little. It, the it was games like the games page. The jumble was there too, right? Yeah, it was yeah. like the yeah. raisin in the Halloween bag. The, the thing, <laughs> the little bitter pill in the middle of all the candy. Oh man, no. It, I, I, out of all of us, I've worked in newspapers the longest. You have. I am still a newspaper woman. Thank you. Wow. I bleed ink. <laughs> but, um, trying to copy it. There are two things that always made me want to kill myself when I want, had to copy it. Uh, Dear Abby mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, the bridge column. Try to yep. see if there's a mistake in there because we'll hear about it. I remember but that. I, 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 it's, it, you, I would do better reading it in Mandarin. And no one writing it has solid hands, so. Whatever they're sending you is going to be a mess. <laughs> they're always they're obviously missing bones. Like I, I I had this my I'm a terrible copy editor, but when I was doing it for PC Gamer, and like here's the oh, what was it the strategy section? Like this is lost on me. I don't know if any of this is true, and I can't prove any of this. This has to go to somebody else. Holy shit, bridge. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy shit. What do you have to edit, dear Abby? I, well, I did. I would copy edit Dear Abby, which has already it gone come through. Copy edit. It's already been copy edited, but you, you gotta double check. Okay. You know, just make sure. Nothing anti-Semitic again, Abby. Jesus, we well, get no, it. No, the, it wasn't her responses. It was mm-hmm. the people writing to her that would just just drain me of the will to live because ninety percent of the people writing to Dear Abby don't actually have a question. They want their shitty opinion validated by mm-hmm. Dear Abby. Mm-hmm. And mm. so I swear to God, the one that I, I I clipped it out and I kept it for the longest time because it infuriated me so much and just made me hate all humanity was a lady writing in saying that like my grandson was at a birthday party where they had reptiles they could pet <laughs> and they put this snake on, on my grandson and it started to coil around his neck. And then the guy came over the handler and he said he like took the snake away. Like, no, no, don't do that. I think he should have reprimanded that snake more. <laughs> so the snake would know not to wrap around my grandson's You're a neck. Bad snake. Yeah, I was like, what, you're supposed to spank it? Where? I should have learned it from the doesn't Bible. Have an ass. You couldn't be trusted. Yeah, that was the kind of thing that was being written in. It's like, she's not asking a question. She's she she took the time because she's nothing else to do. Yeah. To be like, oh yeah. Tell me, tell me, I'm right about the fucking snake. Well, I got I, I got some stats on newspapers just to oh, see what what was going on. There are six left. <laughs> That's not the case. Like I I looked I looked at the decline of newspapers and they've been on a like double black diamond slope since 1981. Oh, well, I just yeah. saw that movie think- The Post and it says that they're about to get real big. <laughs> Did you guys not see that documentary? That yeah, just came out? I mean, it, it's like if that Watergate thing ever breaks, yeah, hmm. I, I can't wait to hear about it. Dude, the end of the post seriously it it teases a sequel. It, do- yeah. it totally does. It, <laughs> it teases, does. It teases a few good men. That might as well have been Thor. All the presidents. All the presidents. It totally teases a sequel. Yeah, you don't get to see that. You don't get to see Thanos that whole film. <laughs> He's just off oh. in the distance. Newspaper movie fact. While we're on the subject, mm-hmm. do you know that the in the beginning of All the Presidents Men, the guy who fought, the guy with the flashlight, the security guard, mm-hmm. that's the real security guard from the Watergate. Oh, no, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I just I watched that movie as a, I watched the post, and then on a plane I watched all, all the presidents' men like as a sequel. If, I guess that means he gets residuals and death threats all the time. <laughs> um, but but newspapers have been on a sharp decline since '81, and Diane, I can't make sense of this number, yeah. and I know it doesn't make sense because like I go back home to my hometown, the Tallahassee Democrat, the Tallahassee mm-hmm. Democrat 
<laughs> has maintained it's an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the Tallahassee jumbo shrimp. Uh, it, it has it has maintained some of its local writers, but it is in effect USA Today yeah. through most of it, and has local writing. Yeah, it's it's world stuff. It's politi- political coverage is. USA Today writers. That's generally what has happened to newspapers. Mm-hmm. It used to be every town had four or five newspapers, Disney yeah. Size City, and then they would start merging and merging and merging, and then usually get bought out by a larger company. And all of those buyouts over time, those companies started holding like way too much debt, and so they started consolidating even more and shrinking and firing people. And mm. you know, oh well, they have like six newspapers in this region, so. We don't need six full staffs. We can have a couple reporters here and a couple reporters here and a central, like, editing thing. And, you know, we could just get the news from over here and the sports will just be shared for everybody. Yeah. We only need one sports writer. We all watch the Braves and the Patriots play. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, we don't need the local sports guys, but the local sports guys cover, like, the high schools and shit that people actually do care about. How many sports could there be? This statistic, oh, man, they they rerun sports on those sports channels because people are that desperate to watch fucking sports. It's incredible. (laughs) Watch Twitch, asshole. What are you watching? The game? Don't need to see a rerun (laughs) of the Phillies losing. I don't know why I singled out the Philadelphia people. You know why. Yeah, I do. You know why. I'm trying to get a rise, but it says... Get my D batteries. It says since 81 to... uh, It's from Statica, this website I wasn't going to pay for premium membership for. uh, Sharp decline (laughs) from... 81 to 2014 but it yeah. said that it's only declined from 1700 newspapers to 1300 newspapers i know that's a substantial percentage of newspapers but i think we all thought it was way worse than that mm-hmm. yeah uh, and, and then some people I, I think it's it was some clickbaity headlines attribute the fall of newspapers to the the fall of comic strips i don't think that's true no it's the internet it's it's, it's well, the internet. what is yeah. the internet 100 the internet it is the internet but the comic strips i watched two documentaries uh before i, I prep this episode uh, the Amazing Stripped, which talks about just comic strips in general, the art form, it's great. Uh, and then uh, Dear Mr. Watterson, which yeah. is just about Ooh, Calvin and Hobbes, which if we talk about, we'll talk about the end. Is you don't, we, I love that none of us know what Calvin sounds like. We never have to fucking imagine yep. it. We, mm-hmm. Like it's there's no point in casting it. It's He's just Tara Strong. Should never head. happen. He's always been Timmy Turner's voice. No, 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 no. Like, don't even say it. Sounds like you as a kid. Yeah, he sounds like you as a kid. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so those he was are like this. Both fantastic. <laughs> but they they talked about like. When it was, it was like, because I think they said there's only like 200 comic strips circulating now. That's not a, a lot. Like, yeah. if you think of a trade or a profession, there are 200 people whose job it is to write comic strips for newspapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they said the biggest fall was, and I, I, I lived in a smaller town, but my grandparents didn't. The big fall was like towns with two newspapers, because then it was like, mm-hmm. fuck you, you don't want, you, <laughs> you don't want zits. I'll give it to the Herald. And like, <laughs> and you could like play people off one another, and that's all disappeared. Like, the idea of multiple newspapers daily yeah, newspapers the in town yeah the, the syndicates are still around but they're not what they were i actually um i went to in pittsburgh mm-hmm. the toonzeum mm-hmm. which i recommend anyone go to it's a local uh comic book museum a cartoon museum mm-hmm. and uh, i talked to the guy that ran and i shot a video with the guy john kelly uh, i shot a little like documentary short about about visiting it and he told me about uh, basically, he explained without explaining it why every 80s and 90s sitcom, uh, romantic comedy, why like every protagonist is a cartoonist. It's because <laughs> like back in the day, up until like the 70s, it was one of the highest paying jobs in America. It's, yes. The numbers he quotes wow. me are in that video that I can't remember the exact numbers. I don't want to get them wrong, but like he, it's the number he says is like, wow, that's like what I imagine Tom Cruise is making right and now. It was, it was a respectable money. career. I think. I think the guy's writing. He was writing Superman for a bit, but he brought back the Green Turtle and he gave the speech about Asian writers and artists and like. 
Kurt Swan? Uh, no, I forget his name. I, I, it was this awesome speech I saw him give when he was... The Green Turtle is like the first Asian superhero, which they had to keep under wraps at the time in the 40s, mm-hmm. that he was actually Asian. Oh. So they resurrected him a few years ago. And he talks about the history of Asians in art. And he's like, you've heard the stereotypes. All your Asian parents want you to be doctors and lawyers. Or an illustrator, because that was like somewhere in the, the second tier of acceptable careers. Whereas now I think it's a lot harder to be like, I'm, I draw things. Mm-hmm. And the, the documentary stripped brings it back to like there was these people who would have to draw things when the printing press was available there was nothing else you could do and they were ruined by photography yeah once photography came in a billion artists went out of business and the way they stayed in business was comic strips mm-hmm. comic strips they would have to start re- making their own story with their own pictures rather than being uh, like a, an accompaniment to an article I thought that was really interesting. Like that—that's—that's that's where comic strips come from. Obviously, cave paintings. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> leave me alone. But other, like, I don't know. This is a dumb statistic. I just thought it was funny as of like last year. Like, eighty-five percent of people over sixty. You know what's the le- where people get most of their news from? Four out of ten. Uh, four out of ten Americans as of a, few, a year or so ago got their news online. I think it's probably more. Yeah. yeah. But you know where a majority of people still get their news. Is it newspapers? No, Diana. No. It's television. Eighty-five percent. Eighty-five percent of people over sixty-five get their news from television. My yeah. grandparents but watch the news three times a day. It's mm-hmm. crazy though. I am addicted to bad news. So after I'm done for the day, I turn on CNN and just like, I already fucking know all well, this. They None call- of you did any reporting. You just read the same things I did. They call me like just like three weeks ago. My grandma was like, "Have you heard of this thing called Movie Pass?" Yes. And I was like, "Yeah, I've fucking heard yes, of it." Yes, I heard it about it before Anderson Cooper could fire up the teleprompter and get some intern to type it in. I yeah. heard it first. I, and so, like, uh, yes, that the twenty-seven percent of eighteen to twenty-nine year olds get their news from TV, and like it's fifty percent for online information. So newspaper, yeah. but still news. You know why newspapers are important after movies like The Post. Washington Post and New York Times practically create stories for the entire day because they're the ones doing the research. Blah, blah, blah. This isn't about politics or journalism. Just uh, comic strips. But comic strips, fate might go hand in hand with hmm. the newspapers just because mm-hmm. like, they have not found a legitimate, way, a legitimate way to exist online. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm telling the thousands of you now, raise your hand out there listening if you've ever been to our website. Odds are you probably haven't. <laughs> Most people, I don't know, people are still going to websites specifically to get entertainment. I can't really, I know Michael is loves his web cartoons. Oh, yeah. I love I love web comics, and that that's the thing that like uh, as uh, in the in the trailer for mm-hmm. stripped like there's a guy talking about like well the web isn't really a viable alternative because like when you're going from the syndicate to the web it's like dollars to, to pennies, pennies. Mm-hmm. and uh that's the story that i've seen from a lot of creators like there are thousands of web comics of varying levels of quality out there some of them are amazing some of them are less so um but the like one thing that i see in common from a lot of the creators is like these are like sub working class people like they are desperate to pay bills a lot of the time i think patreon has made a gigantic totally. difference totally. in their lives mm. for us for everybody um, else well it's so much tougher on the internet because at least with the newspaper it's one stop shopping i've got mm. here's mm-hmm. i'm looking at 20 different strips right here and they show up at my house every day but that was but with uh, web comics i have to go search them out one at a time but that absolute mm. magical time I of like wanna. my dad I, where I'm, I'm my dad and i are reading the same thing He's like, he's done. Here's the comic strip, son. And like, fuck yeah. And I clip out ones that I want. Not that I know that's not that different from like right clicking or saving, but like where I put them was. I don't remember where I right click and save stuff most of the time, nor do I go there and look at it. Whereas I like the comic strip so much, I you could 
you, you walk into any office, somebody used used to have an inspirational comic strip. Yeah, or like your locker, or your bedroom yeah. door, mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, like and that. I, I don't think the internet has found a good replicant for that, other than your fucking cover image. <laughs> but mm-hmm. even even then, like you can only have one. And I, I don't know. I'd like I don't I don't know newspapers well enough to miss them, but I know the comic strip papers very well. I was obsessed with it. I got my grandparents because they got different comic strips. So my grandparents saved all their shit. And I wanted to ask Diana mm-hmm. just because like. It's it makes me feel so old timey to talk about it like this. Sundays, pr- yep. Sundays comics were in color, yep. beautiful color with more bigger, panels. It was yeah. a big event. Why? Obviously, Sunday's a bigger day for newspapers. Yes. Yeah. That's why the Sunday paper is the biggest paper of the week because ads. Because ads and people yeah. are off that day, so they'll read yeah, a exactly. bigger paper. That's the stuff. People, that, if I'm that going into work, like, at does that mean, does that mean you're that, working on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to get some other stuff in the Sunday paper? But I also know like the coupons yeah. and the flyers oh. and the Best Buy leaflets are all in the yeah, Sunday paper. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what paper you grew up with. I grew mm-hmm. up with L.A. Times, mm-hmm. which had all kinds of special sections that only ran on Sunday, the travel section mm. and stuff like that, where it's like. Yeah, plus all the 80 jillion coupons that come flying out because mm-hmm. they're a different size paper. I, th- I think maybe but the... But it doesn't seem inexcusable for, like, a comic in, t- in this day, this year to not be in color. Like, to only happen one day a week. Well, coloring is expensive. We know this. Yeah. We know this. Yeah. But I it's mean, just like, that's what all those uh, ad circulars pay for. But if you're talking about, like, being a kid and, like, why isn't this in color? I remember my grandparents. They in Miami. They had the paper would color the daily strips, and I thought that was astounding. Because oh. they're all dressed up to go to church, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think it it, it predates like the, all the traditions of comic mm-hmm. strips are so old and go back so far that I think it predates they like do. union mandated weekends <laughs> to the point where like Sunday, like <laughs> you get Sunday mornings off to go to church. So that's the only time you can guarantee a large audience is going to be at home reading the paper. Yeah, and we're, we don't want to operate our three TV channels, not even that Dumont network. Mm-hmm. So why not mm-hmm. flood the flood the world with newspapers? Uh, I did see the, the first I don't know. They attribute the first comic strip to the Yellow Kid, the Yellow Kid, right. uh, in yeah. 1895. But it, I found the Little Which Bears. I've never been sure if that's racist or not. It's not, it's, but it's no. surprisingly it's a pun subversive. On journalism. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's the Isn't other it? way around. I've heard Yellow Journalism. Oh, yellow journalism came from. Yeah. Oh, you're came right. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it was the, a, a dude trying to make it, the kid is his head is shaved because mm-hmm. he has lice. Because he's an orphan. Because he's mm-hmm. he's usually walking around the worst areas of town. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he wears like a big shirt that just says whatever he's thinking. Yeah, <laughs> so it wasn't for kids; it was for adults. And it was like it wasn't like a strip form; it was like a Windsor McKay, like you yeah. see like a beautiful oh, ornate painting. You go even farther back. I mean, there were political. Mm-hmm. You see like political cartoons from like the 1750s where there's like a couple guys standing there and they have these really long word bubbles over their heads yeah. that mm-hmm. just like go on and it's like a paragraph and but it's like vertical. The, they haven't figured out how to make the word bubbles interesting so you just have this line that connects directly to their mouths. <laughs> God damn. Well, I, I want to talk a little more about this just our love for newspaper comic strips as soon as we get back and then we will be discovering what certain comic strip characters sound like for probably the first time in your life so stay tuned commercial alert put the vcr on pause ah! this episode of laser time is brought to you by audible and remember you listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash laser time and get a free audiobook almost anyone you want for free and a 30-day free trial of the audible service 
You know what Audible is by now. They got almost 200,000 different things to listen to. You like podcasts? Maybe you like audiobooks or radio shows or Dr. Katz. Audible has plenty of bestsellers available there. Michael Wolf's Fire and Fury is there. Ready Player One. And, ooh, look at this. You can even uh, listen to Call Me By Your Name, the book read to you by Army Hammer. Hey, maybe save some money compared to a movie theater. But here's the one I want to check out. I just found it. Looking for Calvin and Hobbes, the unconventional story of Bill Watterson and his revolutionary comic strip. I don't feel like we got to talk about Calvin and Hobbes enough in this episode. And I think no matter what happens to the comic strip medium, the world will always celebrate Calvin and Hobbes. I love it so much, and I know you probably do too. So check out any of those books for free just by going to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and getting started with your free 30-day trial, and you can get a free audio book for your troubles. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show, 30, 20, 10. Here's a clip from 1987. For Kiefer Sutherland. Some people, they just seem to know exactly where they're going. Meg Ryan. You dragged me out here, and now you're saying, I don't know what you're saying. Road ahead seems to lead back home back to the promised land <laughs> it's the end of january yeah this is yeah. a christmas movie yeah. <laughs> who fucked up that uh, bad uh, yeah person the only notable thing about this one is it's the first film produced out of the sundance film festival oh really? okay yeah because yeah, it's cool it's, it's release date is 87 technically but i guess it's hitting mainstream yeah, exactly. releases being dumped in 19 early 1988 mm-hmm. you know that Kiefer Sutherland around Christmas decorations oh, never goes yeah. well <laughs> what does he say that video is like look what I'm about to do I, like you're amazing sir I love you <laughs> it's the best never stop doing any that. other person you'd be like what an asshole but him you're like that yeah, what an asshole that was awesome. <laughs> Jack Bauer just said he was gonna jump a Christmas tree and he did <laughs> in a hotel lobby um, some guy Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. Laser Time, second segment. We're, we're ready, ready to, to party. party. Coming in with Garfield and Friends, which is a great theme song that I love dearly for a comic. Party, party. I I do not because I grew the Garfield was the first comic strip I ever loved, and now it's this kind of internet punching bag, deservedly so. It is devoid of humor and artistic. I don't know. Didn't flourish. There's nothing in the comic that I I think would lure a kid in. That's what worries me. That, that like the things I grew up with, like yeah, any kid would like. Ninja Turtles or Transformers or Nintendo, mm-hmm. but not pinball and comic strips. Like, how the fuck do you get a kid into either of those? I always wonder about that. Are the Garfield strips we read from the 80s as bad as the ones today? Because I, I don't go back and check, but they're do they? They're probably worse. I think, you think so? No, I don't. Like when I Jim Davis the, was doing it every day? I think they're largely the same. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think Jim Davis wasn't trying because I went and looked at it. He has a comic strip from before he made Garfield, and he's clearly trying. This, the specials are funny. I think the, the Christmas oh, and Halloween specials are yeah. really good. So I think there is a bit of not trying. If you've noticed, his comic strips aren't so much signed as it says Pause Inc. as in like, 
This could have been generated by whatever algorithm pause yeah, I like, came like, up with. Like now. the Rugrats comic strip that's just credited to Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you don't know who wrote this. Or the Disney, all every Disney strip was but, just like yeah. Walt Disney. Garfield's I, Floyd Gottfriedson had nothing to do with this. The more I think about it, the more I've always wondered if Garfield was just funny in comparison. Because there are so many comic strips that you really don't know who is a fan of this. <laughs> Where are the high and lowest conventions? Hey, I'm a huge Worth head. I, oh, I, 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 I mean, are there really this many people looking for golf jokes on a daily basis? <laughs> yeah. Garfield, yes. Garfield is a billion dollar a year industry. Now, the Jim Davis makes a billion dollars, but the merchandise does. Who here didn't hasn't owned something unironically with Garfield on it? You have a Halloween Completely. costume with him on it. Now. I have a Halloween costume with. I have, but I had a ton I of Garfield, Garfield stuff. Yeah, I, I like. I love the way he looked, and it was. I think. Jim Davis goes through, like, he did this on purpose. There's this great article that just came out on Smithsonian Magazine. Uh, who was this? Somebody, somebody, some Slate article. Davis makes no attempt to conceal his crass commercial motivations behind his creation of Garfield. He carefully studied the marketplace. The genesis of the strip was a conscious effort to come up with a good and marketable character. Mm-hmm. He looked at things like Snoopy. Yeah. During the days when, like, Schultz kind of went away from a lot of his existential kid stuff to, like, nah, Snoopy's writing a book. Yeah. Well, um, I remember <laughs> there was a mad thing once. Mm-hmm. It was like... Uh, quotes that these celebrities never said and it was like charles schultz saying if there's one thing i hate it's commercialism <laughs> <laughs> yeah garfield or, was a perfect... or jim davis no it was, oh, it was charles, charles schultz, schultz. charles schultz like allegedly charles schultz originated all that and it no it went back way further than that like i think Lil abner was the biggest one it was like a huge boom of merchandising think... around the schmoo and that's why i wanted to bring up <laughs> garfield because it seems fucking crazy that doc was has all these amazing points about it. Can you name a comic? A comic when the since the internet's come out, can you name a popular comic strip? I have a hard time mm. thinking Do you about mean just from a newspaper. From or a like, newspaper, yeah, okay. like a daily syndicated comic strip, and it, but that that is not how it used to be. They also make the point that like they were for some reason comic strip characters are so marketable and merchandisable. Odds are you had a Snoopy plush or a Garfield plush before you could read. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you were already into Garfield. I mean, that, that still counts for Mickey and Spider-Man. Uh, but, like, I don't... Comics haven't done that for the medium in, like, 20 years. That was sort of bum, a bummer to think about. Not that there's not... I, Get Fuzzy is funny. Pearls Before Swine is funny. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't read... I don't have the fucking newspaper, man. Yeah. How, are, how are people supposed to fall in love with characters in this medium anymore? I'm not sure that they are. Whereas Garfield remains... Like, he remains one of the most money-making characters, licenses in history and none of it has anything to do with him as a comic book character so you can see why Jim Davis is like I'm not putting a lot of work into this I'm trying to get this cartoon and app off the ground <laughs> I just I think that's fucking crazy that's that's I just think that's crazy that like as much as I want to romanticize comic strips it doesn't seem like they've given us enough to remain vital to the zeitgeist because we're not yeah. still talking about yeah. comic strips it's hard in a one to three panel daily conversation the Boondocks comes to mind, where Aaron McGruder right. had a really hard time being subversive in that format and left it all together. So I, I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons that web comics have exploded mm-hmm. in the last ten years the way that they have is that, uh, like what you were saying, like why isn't this in color every day? Like a lot of them are in color now every single day. Yeah. A lot of them have transcended that boring like three panel setup. Uh, there, there's a lot that are like full page ones uh, questionable content mm-hmm. scary go around octopus pie like they 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 are all like the, they give you a lot of story when they update sometimes they don't update every day but uh it kind of 
you know, it gives you more, I guess. I know, but that's part of the documentary is talking about, you know, something that, you know, I find frustrating. That, like, the one that comics used to be, like, not like unlike a stand-up comedian or a podcaster, you're a business of one mm-hmm. until you get a syndicate involved, until yeah. you need money. And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of shit coming at you that you have to deal with. Like, some guy, I think, complained that, like, I can't just be a comic strip artist. I have to be an online internet person. He wasn't complaining. He was saying that, like, that's why he likes the job. Mm-hmm. But, like, sometimes for me, that's really hard in between, like, a conference call with an advertiser and a fucking social post. Like, when the fuck do I make the shit that my job... This is my job. Yeah, during mm-hmm. the... Uh, I'd, I'd call it the second webcomics boom. Uh, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of the talk became about how to teach the next wave how to live off of webcomics. Mm-hmm. And there were guys like Scott Kurtz and, and Chris Straub and that, that whole webcomics.com group. Their whole thing was like, don't get an art degree, get a business degree. If you're going mm. into comics, you mm-hmm. know how to draw. It's, you, what you need to know how to do is how to market that yourself. That shit I, I lack. And, and they talk about it like, you know, 80% of my revenue is merchandise generated from the free comic I make. Or like mm, showing yeah. up at conventions and, like, sales, and, and selling stuff and signing stuff or commissions. And it's like such a weirder business. And like, But the reality is, everybody's still writing for the newspaper makes more money than those guys. And I think that's... I don't know. I, I think that's not right because there's just a ton of great web comics. And I'm, I, I'm, I only researched uh, comic strip, newspaper comic strips. I'm not going to go into a lot of web comic stuff. I'm yeah. sh- I know there's a lot of great web you comics out there. I just realized when I said the problem with newspapers is the internet, mm-hmm. I take it back. I have figured out newspapers started to super decline and will never come back because Farsight isn't running in the exactly. anymore. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. This I- world is divided into... Far side, pre-far side, and post-far side. It's. I think it's nuts. Him and <laughs> you the, kids don't even know. Gary Larson and Bill Watterson are like mm. two of the only people in that industry to like really walk away and never oh, come back. Man. Yeah. Far side mm-hmm. was and, so good. And when we, you and I were talking about mm. this, we actually I, I talked a bit about like that there are all these comics that they used to be something completely different. That they used yes. to be like these sort of funny strips, and like people who read them back when they were originally around would not recognize them now. Like, no. Uh, Blondie is the one that I always think about because I remember asking my dad, "Who the fuck is Blondie?" Yeah, Blondie? Yeah, it, it was Dagwood originally a strip where about like this flapper named Blondie Boopadoop who did all this crazy <laughs> stuff and uh, just was injured by her boyfriend Dagwood Bumstead, who was a straight man, and and he was the uh, he was like an oil or no a railroad uh, heir. What and what he was. He he finally they it was this huge event where he married Blondie and his family disowned him because he was marrying below his class. So they they like gave them a check for their honeymoon and that was it and then they had to live as a as a middle class suburban couple in Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, but they could afford those sandwiches, so they're doing okay. Yeah, Seriously. Yeah, I guess so. I had one of those the, sandwiches. The, 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 the Dagwood actually went on yeah. a hunger strike to protest him <laughs> himself being disowned. Whoa. Yeah. That's that that oh man! I read the same thing about Snuffy Smith. Oh my god! Snuffy Smith. What the fuck is that? He's ex- it's ex- a, exactly. It's yeah, a, it's, it's exactly. a weird hillbilly comic that's like completely written in eye dialect. <laughs> but it's it's been around. It'll come up on its one hundred. That strip technically will come up on its hundredth anniversary mm-hmm. next year. I only know oh. most of these things in regards to like what they are in Toon Lagoon. So like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah. So Bar- Snuffy Smith, like t- Snuffy Smith, originated thirty years into the comic. Take Barney Google. For instance, that's F apostrophe. For instance, any was introduced there became more popular and eventually like forced him out and they changed the name of the comic. Uh, and and when you go to Toon Lagoon, this 
amazingly weird. I like, love it. I got a lot to say about Toon Lagoon. <laughs> it's like every time I look at it, like I made a video about that too. You know, Cartoon Network has all these things with like no theme park. Like, why not? Gumball and Steven Universe instead of fucking yeah. Prince Valiant, <laughs> which have been around since 1938, still going. Oh, Only like Little God. Orphan Annie is over. Mm-hmm. Like if you're Christmas Story fans, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mary Worth still yeah. going. Oh my God, still going. Yeah, I remember Gasoline like, Alley, Pogo, mm-hmm. Prince yeah. Valiant, still going. Prince Park Trail, <laughs> Gasoline Alley, which is the bathrooms at Toon Lagoon. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> no, it, no. Yeah, Prince, Prince Valiant station. and the Phantom, like they always struck me as like the most boring imaginable comics yes. growing up. And then somehow, like when I became a teenager, I started reading them. It's like these are actually really no, good. No, I bet the they're And then cool. I got stuck into that track the, for a while. The art is really good. The stories mm-hmm. are really good. But I know, depending on what your town there you're in. You only have three sentences of story yeah. every day, well, and, and the Phantom is the worst offender because, like, the first uh, panel of each strip is the last panel of last week's strip. That's wow. true of so like, many like of the fucking Jason. So only the middle panel is original <laughs> from day to day. The James Bond is the same thing. I I, bu- I bought collections of the James Bond comic strips, like a, a, several of them. Like I'm going to read all these like this weekend, and I I was like, this is maddening to have to keep reading the same panels again and again. <laughs> that, that is... I have a question about Toon Lagoon. Yeah. First, oh, wait. first aid station, Rex Morgan, MD. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I try to get like I try to get a sound clip of Toon Lagoon but believe it or not uh, it's never been promoted very well and they've never made a promo for it it still exists pretty good Cartoons 101 it looks, segment about it car- check out Cartoons 101 <laughs> but the pictures are, are like this lavish place of who the fuck is that it's an amazingly <laughs> like, well built put together area it's a it's a great theme park area I am a huge comic strip fan I, I know I can name you probably characters from comic strips you've never heard of I know them very well and there's this fountain of all dogs from comic strips, I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck are any of these people? Who the, there's like 20 dogs I can't recognize you from famous comic strips. Farley Marmaduke. and Marmaduke and Odie. What more do you need? <laughs> Marmaduke you, is... You saw it. It's way more than that. I don't know the dog from Marvin. Marmaduke's up in the air, <laughs> and does. he has his leash hanging from him, so you can hold it, and you take a picture sideways, so it looks like you're being pulled, and you're in the air. Oh, this is Flapping lovely. behind Marmaduke. So here, here's the sad sound Ooh, clip. Nemo's there? Here's the sad sound clip I tried to get from the uh, Universal Studios talk... Toon Lagoon. From the beach, here they are. It's Woody Woodpecker and all his pals. Make some noise for the beach bashers. We got the whole Toon gang here. We got Popeye, Olive Oil, Beetle Bailey, Zero, Woody Woodpecker, and... And Zero? What is Zero? He's from Beetle Bailey. Ah. And and it's just like... Sarge's dog. Just... Oh. What would a fucking child say if they walked into this display? This is within everyone listening's lifetime that these characters were trotted out as if you would recognize them. Mm-hmm. I think that's just so fucking... There's something sad about it. But, but like, uh, remember, like when we were kids, I think the cartoon trip was a viable place to introduce new properties. And what we're mostly going to talk about is the cartoon pilots that people tried to sneak in mm-hmm. under... Uh, but, but I wanted to play this commercial real quick because this, I don't know, emphasizes a little about how big Saturday morning cartoons were. Breakfast cereals. Breakfast cereals. You either need a big fucking delicious hook, which I... Look, I go through the cereal aisle every week looking for innovations. Come on, change the color of the milk or like... I don't know, like... Everything's put, cinnamon now. That's the current trend. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, make the, something new. The cinnamon Frosted Flakes, cinnamon pebbles. Or you get a license and then someone's like, what about all these other licenses? So I remember really wanting this when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. What's so funny? We're putting funny cereal, Mr. Wilson. May I see? You asked for it. We asked for more than funny. You're asking for some fun. 
Suddenly, your favorite funnies are all over a new cereal called Morning Funnies. The fruit taste is wild! A secret panel opens for more great comics. Morning Whoa. Funnies is a delicious part of my complete breakfast. It was Mr. Wilson trying to take a bowl of cereal away from Marvin. A comic strip my none of my grandparents or me ever had, so I haven't seen it. I don't know Luann. Why does Mr. Wilson sound like Paul Lynn? <laughs> I, I was going to say Mr. Belvedere. Well, <laughs> Mr. Wilson has had a ton of voices, which we'll get to oh, in just a I little know. bit. Oh, I know one of yeah. And just a little bit, because I, like, I just want to express, I'm not crazy that like comic strips were really big for kids and seemed to launch a ton of IP, mm -hmm. dolls, cartoons, It was a delivery products. system. Like, they had the perfect delivery system that yeah, you, but, you got so many. That's why web comics, like what Diana said, like, mm -hmm. you got to look for them. Comics were delivered to you, which is also why the merchandise was so good, because mm. as we know now, especially, the best thing to get someone to buy something is familiarity. So you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I'll get my son that Garfield. He reads Garfield every weekend, because it's mm -hmm. just put in front of him. Well, it's also so dependent on the uh, the family unit coming together in the mornings. Like mm -hmm. when when I was a kid, like my dad would sit and read the newspaper when I was eating breakfast, and I'd get the comics page and get to study it while yeah. my sister waited <laughs> for me to finish it. Uh, yeah, or, or like I remember freaking out if I couldn't have the Sunday comic strip. Yeah. Like, where the fuck is it? Where the fuck is the like, comic? I'm strip? missing an integral part of my Sunday. Now. If I don't solve the problem, the, the, the dilemma in Psylocke Fox, I'm not. You go to sleep tonight. Yeah. I haven't it, hit puberty yet. I have nothing to do. It, it, but I still, I still do have it. Anytime I find like a volume of comic strips, it's always really fun to read. It's just I can't imagine going back to like pulling a page out of a paper and reading something every day hmm. like that. But but I wanted to impress upon us that comic strips were really important and. That you had mentioned there was a James Bond comic strip? Yeah. Like yep. it oh, used, everything out of license. It used to be a medium a you graduated strip. to. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody did it. Mickey and Donald did it. Stan and Lee wrote the Spider-Man strip into my childhood, at least. Stan Lee, and, no, and again, no one cares enough about this to update it. Stan Lee, according to the internet, is still writing that Spider-Man comic <laughs> that strip. That true. is still being... He's it's, in the hospital right now. It's not being published. Or it's still being published, mm -hmm. and it's still credited to Stan Lee. And if you wonder, like, what happened to the people who created Superman and Batman... Uh, Superman had a comic strip as well, and after Jerry, C what is it? Jerry Siegel and Joe, Joe Schuster. Schuster sold the rights to Superman for like one hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, they were kind of booted down to go work on the comic strip, along with Bill Finger, Batman creator who died in a pauper's grave. Uh, but that's what they worked on. They worked on the Superman <gasps> comic strip, well, and they were so fucking young. Joe Schuster was drafted. He was drafted. Oh he was drafted four years into writing the Superman comic strip. You, you, you they say, drafted you say booted down, but I think uh, being a comic strip level, good work. just had way more prestige attached yeah. to it than being oh, yeah, a yeah. comic comic book artist. I definitely made more money too. I should. That's where Carl Barks got started, yes. and, and yeah, it's good work, dependable work, probably better benefits because you're working along with one of the syndicates who's mm -hmm. trying to help protect you yep. uh, a little bit. But like, it used to be something like if you had a. a, a character that popular he might get a comic strip oh boy unimaginable today i don't even know where to start with this um let me try and see anybody diana had mentioned earlier diana the horrible mm. hagar the horrible hagar. hagar the horrible uh hagar the horrible it's been around since 1973 go to toon lagoon his face is front and center yeah he's one of like the main fixtures there mm. it's crazy he tried to sneak in a pilot um in the mid 80s but it's been around since 1973 created by Dick Brown, which is a really good gay <laughs> porn name. Yeah. Um, uh, but his son, what, here's what you're also going to find. It's such a small-timey business. Almost 
all of this is riddled with nepotism. Oh, I don't yeah, want to say nepotism. 100%. But it's like, it's a business they hand down to their children. Their children and continue it was, to do it. It's still really hard to get hmm. into the syndicate. It is. It's super difficult. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, well, like, the family circus is being done by Jeffy. Yeah. Um, yes. It, it's And it's a lot of the time it's handed down to uh, a son or something else. Although I did have a friend in college who apparently has gotten a syndicate no shit. job uh, creating a comic called Phoebe and her Unicorn. Which, really? Yeah, I'm. I'm sure somebody's listening and has heard of that because mm-hmm. apparently it's it's fairly popular. I'm just not. No, that, it's it's that aware it's nuts. It, she because she's won a game of musical chairs where there's one less Absolutely chair every fucking has. year. Yeah. No, those things they never leave. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, mm-hmm. on top of the nepotism or just some relative or someone takes over the business. That's another thing I learned from newspapers. Like I said, people complain about the bridge column if I screwed something up. So one thing goes missing. If seriously, man, if that high and lowest isn't in there, <laughs> people will write letters and be okay. like, "I've li- I've read this for fifty eight years." Like they don't <laughs> know what these are things that people no one really they don't really like. Like mm-hmm. no one likes Rex Morgan, MD. <laughs> but but people, I expect it. But exactly, they don't want the change. There's so one they guy will who's go like, to bat. he's just about to jump out the window, and he's like, "Wait a minute, one more Garfield, and it's not there." And he's I, like, "Fuck it." I, know, I, I heard <laughs> some anecdote about that about like a train, like an inner city train going by your apartment. Like, God, it rattles every time and wakes me up, and like the one day it doesn't come by. Yeah. The mm-hmm. fuck, man? What's what's wrong? Yeah. What's going mm-hmm. on? Something is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's, there's like never room for new strips generally because getting rid of one, I mean. How, yeah. how do you tell if something's popular or totally. not? Because it's the whole page. No one so... can like an individual panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, you, all you can depend on and is like will letters. People upset if you get rid of it. But that would be like if we dictated our content by the commenters. Because usually like, oh, I'm so sick of the fucking sound effects. Sound effects are like half the things that people compliment us <laughs> on. Like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? The newspaper editor's uh, attitude is always like, well, where there's one editor, there is a thousand people who just don't care enough to write in but feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. It's, it's yep. difficult. But Hagar the Horrible, been around since 1973. That's uh, it. Yeah, wow. 1973. I mean, that's it's it's almost like a 50 it year career so at this older. point. But see, yeah, I would assume you would have said like the. 40s. It does, and I wanted to leave with that just because we kept talking about other stuff like it. But uh, created by Dick Brown, his son Chris has been drawing it since 1988. His son's so, Chris Brown. His wow. son, it, it, the Chris Brown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but I wanted it like I, here's what we're gonna do. They've all had weird pilots. This is Hagar the Horrible's holiday pilot where he comes back after being gone for 200 years because he's a Viking, get it? <laughs> because that has to be post-Jesus. In mm. hindsight, yeah. you shouldn't make a comic strip based on this premise at all. Like, yeah. there, there's not that much funny in Vikings, but you'll rec- you should recognize Hagar's voice. Helga! <laughs> You're home late from work again? Hagar, you were due back three months ago. Oh, I knew you'd be at the door to greet me. Anybody with a little Optimus Prime? Um, hey. Right Peter there. Cullen. Peter Cullen. Cullen is the voice ah. of Hagar the Horrible. Hamlet. Dad. These are for you. That's just so fucking weird. Yes, Hagar the Horrible has Optimus Prime's voice now <laughs> and forever in his only pilot ever. Hey, what if they make another Hagar the Horrible show? <laughs> um. Uh. So I wanted to stick in keeping on the the Dick Brown tip. Is that, a, is that a bad? That's a bad expression. Sure. Because um, you kept mentioning Beetle Bailey, and we recently, uh-huh. not only did we recently lose Mort Walker, mm. the guy who created yeah, Beetle who Bailey, who was like a huge proponent of comic strips as an art form. He, I think, opened the comic strip museum that yeah. was in San Francisco. No, he's. Oh. We. That's why I'm saying I gave him a bunch of shit and then read his obituaries and like, yeah. I feel like an asshole. He's mm-hmm. in that strip documentary talking about like 
I don't have a, like a lot of artistic talent, but I liked writing. And with a, if you can have good, if you can really workshop your writing, you can make a good comic. And he really cared and worked almost till his fucking death mm-hmm. on multiple strips, inclu- including creating with Dick Brown, creator of Hagar the Horrible, uh, created Beetle Bailey. Uh, in 1950. Which was originally like a, a High and Lois offshoot. No, it's the other way around. Oh, was it? Ah. Okay. It's the other way around. And, I, and that's when I discovered in Talking Simpsons that High and Lois, Lois is Beetle Bailey's sister. Right. She is Lois Bailey. Oh. <laughs> High and Lois. And, which I loved reading. It's like a this, shared cinematic universe. There's no mm-hmm. reason for it. And I and like I know, in a, we were talking about it, and like I know an astounding amount of these characters' fucking names. There's no reason to remember Miss Buxley and Sergeant Snorkel. Because... I, and it seems dated in general. Whenever you're like a kid watching TV, like, what is up with this MASH and F Troop shit? Are we always at war dead? Please explain uh-huh. the world. And it has to be said, High and Lois, one of the greatest titles of anything ever, right? So it's, it, it is, except that, like, the idea of a man named High is, so, like, 70 <laughs> years removed from cultural relevance. Um, like, what but, is that even short for? But, uh, Nicholas Cage's character in... Uh... It, they, yeah, Arizona. Arizona. King, yeah. King, I think King Syndicate at some point noticed that, like, hey, a bunch of our... A bunch of our characters are being optioned for cartoons. What if we've gotten into the business ourselves? So they tried to uh, with Beetle Bailey. Um, Beetle Bailey, co-created by Dick Brown, creator of Hagar the Horrible. Uh, and I just wanted, would you like to know what they sound like? Try and do a Beetle Bailey impression. If you hear, what do you think he sounds um, like? I remember like the bits from Sesame Street where he's like, oh, the Sarge told me to go jump in a lake. It's all excruciating. So yeah. you have a Sarge impression? Uh, does wait? Which one's Sarge? She's the big one. He's, he's, you're looking right at him. Yes, the big he, one with one tooth. Doesn't he talk like a Shazam? No, isn't he it's Gomer yeah. Pyle. See, I just imagined Gomer that? Pyle for yeah. everyone. I, I hear. I, I, I just. I pretty much imagine they're like I imagine a very deep voice. And we're gonna we're gonna meet Sergeant Su- Sergeant uh, Sergeant Snorkel. Beetle, Beetle I'm Zero. very disappointed in you. Take a time out. <laughs> Good morning, nice. boys. Good morning, Sergeant Snorkel. Our assignment today oh, calls for two volunteers. Who will volunteer? This looks like a new rounds cartoon. Beetle and Zero. I knew I could count on you two. All right, Zero's the dumb hayseed, not the dog. Say, Sarge, uh, where are we going with this truck? We are going to a sculpting studio to pick up a life-size statue of General Rough Rider on his horse. You know, military Uh, stuff. (laughs) Hey, it was was peacetime. We needed things to do. But that's it's been going on since 1950. Since 1950, and like that, that High and Lois is a spin-off of Beetle Bailey. Like technically, and that's why I loved the cartoons that looked like this. And I wondered why. And like, oh, because they shared a creator, Dick Brown, mm-hmm. helped create Beetle Bailey. Did Beetle Bailey address the end of the draft? <laughs> <laughs> you can leave Beetle. Yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah, your GI you Bill could be sometime. insane. Put in your four years of then some. You Beetle, uh, I got Beetle, nowhere you're else signing to go. up for new tours of duty and like just going back to boot camp, never graduating. Beetle Bailey just on a skateboard with no legs, rolling down. <laughs> Francisco, um, and and here's some really bad stuff I wanted to get to. I this is what I was talking to Michael about with because another multi comic creator. It just seems like mm. if you created one comic strip, odd, your odds of getting another one in pretty good. I, I meant to talk about that a little bit because uh, U.S. Acres, Jim Davis mm-hmm. was untouchably huge. Oh yeah, and in 1986, lost launched another comic with a bunch of Garfield looking farm animals called U.S. Acres. Mm-hmm. It people hated it. It failed and bombed really really bad. Yeah. It did not do well. Ran for three years, and Garfield and Friends made those characters, it, like 
un, 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 like they, you, everyone loves those characters oh, yeah. now. Knows yeah. all those characters. Yeah, because Garfield and Friends was written by Mark Avenier, who yeah. wrote "Grew the Wanderer" with Sergio. With Sergio, yeah. God damn! I just I just heard him on Gilbert Godfrey's podcast. Oh wow! Um, really? Yes. Well, I gotta listen. to Yeah, that. his website's really fucking great because like most of it is like. Right now, writing obituaries for people like Mort Walker because oh, he knows everything about that shit intimately. Um, but but Wizard, like no, we're gonna talk BC, oh, BC, oh, and this is this is gonna that, make that's another one that started off on a weird note. Like if you look at like the really old strips, it's like it's about cavemen trying to discover science, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then at some point. Uh, who was the Johnny Hart? Johnny Hart, yeah. Johnny Hart. Johnny Hart, Hart uh, found Jesus, yeah. and uh, it became about Jesus and golf. And, and I think that's one thing that all these strips have in common. Like you can tell when they run out of ideas, or when the the creator reaches a certain age, when they all become about golf. Man, I, I don't know because I just Bill jokes. Watterson. I, I love that Bill Watterson's tenth anniversary Calvin Hobbes thing is so great. I have the ultimate collection, but I'll never get rid of like his commentary on stuff. Mm-hmm. But even he would like insert like I was in the hiking and bicycling and that's so it mm-hmm. wasn't it didn't have to be lame when you like putting yeah. in your own interest yeah, Charles it's Schultz wrote is, is a fair in the comic golf because they're old rich guys now yeah when you're writing every day you write what you know that's why the third season of every animated show has an episode <laughs> about the characters making a cartoon mm-hmm. because uh-huh. that's yeah, all they've yeah. known for three years but course, uh, do any of the characters ever ask why the thing is called BC and yet Jesus is extant even though it's before Christ I think one of the characters mm-hmm. is named BC or at least yes. referred to as BC. And I don't remember the characters because this is one of those... So wait, where are they living that they're still living in the Stone Age, but it has to be sometime after the year Bakersfield. 0 AD? Bakersfield. Just somewhere in Bakersfield. Yeah. Oh, that Just makes sense. Riding around Never them. mind. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. somewhere where they can also have a gross Italian stereotype and a gross Native American stereotype. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I, there's a... I, I think Anno it, Domini and Conahanti. It became, <laughs> it became most notorious for a character going to take a shit, and then the door of the outhouse closed, and it's like this Muslim moon symbol... And this mm. panel ends with something smells bad in here. Ugh. And the whole world was like, what the fuck? Why <laughs> is this in the paper? Having a crescent moon on an outhouse has been a thing for like a jillion years. But that wasn't the joke yeah. he was after. Um, I know. There's another one about a menorah turning into a cross and how this is so much better than the menorah was. And I get it. But, all right, fine. All right. You want me if to move I, to Israel so Jesus will come back? I understand. It's not happening. If I can catch people, if I can just, you know, go real old timey. BC had two animated pilots. Again, both holiday specials. Hmm. The second one was on HBO. It also had two video games. It has At two least. video what? games. Yes. It, yes, it's it has that distinction. Were they Were both you, on the animated? You roll then, around as BC on a wheel fighting Grog. So does so does Heath. Look look at look up Heathcliff in the App Store. He's got fucking games. Oh, he just had the Brazilian movie or something? Or was it Top Cat? That's Top Cat. Woody Woodpecker just got the American movie. Yes. Um, but but uh, it had it had two pilots that didn't go. One was for HBO, and I thought the more interesting one, and this is going to get real old-timey, they decided to cast the two main characters as Bob and Ray. Oh, gosh. Uh, like legendary radio comedy group, oh, Bob yeah. and Ray. So they play the main characters. One of them's Chris Elliott's dad. Yes, he, and, and I recognize him his voice from Get a Life, because he plays... Mm-hmm. Chris Elliott's dad and get a life yep. uh, and this is just a quick clip about them him looking for a calendar during Christmas and it's you know before Christ and all that shit uh, how's the calendar working calendar yeah, the one I gave you last year I don't know what day is it uh, according to my calculations it should be the 24th you can stop whispering I'm awake now all right, there we go. BC, you've heard the you've yeah, heard their BC voices. And Peter. 
slow. BC, uh, but on that same note, Wizard of Id. <sighs> Wizard of Id. Uh, BC was co-created by Brant Walker, an artist, and Johnny Hart, the writer. Mm-hmm. And they both would go on to uh, to create co-create Wizard of Id, a comic I've never liked. It, it's possibly one of the worst comics to be <laughs> as successful as it is. I remember doing, when I was first did research for it, cause when I found this video, it was just one red Wikipedia link. That, like, <laughs> no one in the world has cared enough to update this with any information at all. And if it has, I imagine it's someone trying to help sell a book. Because mm-hmm. it's really weird. Like, if we heard of gocomics.com, yeah. it's yeah. where all these comics live and, like, yeah. They're also accused of malware and like <laughs> yeah, a lot of like, these comics do publish in there. You can read every Dilbert strip. You ever. can, and they they gather the the new ones up every day. And I just don't know that people. Whenever I look at the interface, like I don't want to read comics like this at all. Like especially not a lot of them. Comics yeah, like Wizard of Id. I remember uh, growing up and being like six or seven, and newspaper comics that weren't Garfield or Farsight or Calvin and Hobbes were the first things I remember being like. Why? Why am I not having fun reading this? Like I remember, like I would read a three-panel strip and get to the like before I got to the third panel, I'd be like, I can't. Like it just turns to yeah, to, sh- to static in I my should, eyes because I, I hate it so much. I, I should really like Tiger it. more than I do, but I don't. Ty- and you look mystified. I don't Tiger. know what that is. He's he's in the yeah. Sunday's Funnies commercial. Okay. Yeah. Like it's just a but, guy with his hat down called Tiger. But Wizard of It is one of those things. that's like I cannot understand why yes. anyone would like this on any level <laughs> and yet if, if you if newspapers try to get rid of it they will get letters from angry senior citizens who just don't like any sort of change oh yes mm-hmm. that's crazy oh, so yes this and this is what makes it even worse for me because i read that jim henson biography and i read i did all my research on this way before that jim henson had a really hard time getting a tv show on the air it took, it took years. fucking years in foreign financing it took a really long time and he eventually pissed in all their eyes by becoming like the highest rated thing in syndication ever. Beat out shit. Uh, beat out everything that took their place. But before that, and I hate thinking about it of a split timeline world, <laughs> he created a pilot for Wizard of It. Mm. And had that gone, I don't think, I'm not sure, like, what if that was on for three years? We might not have the fucking yeah, Muppets. Yeah, he just had a steady paycheck. Because yeah. it sounds very Muppety, and he, you can hear Jim Henson in this as the wizard. Like, this would have been his job instead of, getting a Muppet show off the ground. That breaks my fucking heart that we almost <laughs> lost Jim Henson to Wizard of Id. But this, uh, the actual official, the official Jim Henson account uploaded this a few years ago because the world had not seen wow. it. Wow. In the courtyard is a riot of peasants. Sire, a group of your devoted subjects are waiting below. I've noticed. What do they want? They demand the right to bear arms. Fine. What? Sure. If they want bare arms, we'll rip off their sleeves. Uh, yeah, that's Rolf. Has, yeah, uh, yeah the Rolf the dog, oof, man. Oof. Well, let's Son take a bitch. about the level of uh, storytelling that you see in the strip. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It is faithful. See, I'm getting more depressed as we go. So uh, let's take a let's take a tiny little break here, uh, and with with a little uh, theme from Heathcliff. How about that? Because we're not talking oh, about it. Oh God, no! Get stuck in my head. Stop <laughs> it. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should terrify their neighborhood, but Heathcliff just won't be undone. Playing pranks on everyone. <laughs> Update, update, this just in. The Diamond Dog, Dave Rudden, has made himself available for a Monday Night Movie, and we're doing it tonight, baby, 6 p.m. The 1994 classic Clerks, baby. Clerks, we love, we love Kevin Smith movies. 
And if you haven't seen it, or if you hate it, you think you hate it, let's watch it again, because I still think it's really funny, and I haven't seen it in a couple years. Uh, and you can check that out live, 6 p.m. Pacific time, this Monday, no other day, the 5th of the month. Ooh, rent's due. But it's something we've been talking about, because uh, if you're a member of our Patreon, patreon.com slash lasertime, who will get this commentary, uh, audio and video version of the Clerks commentary, Matt and I have been going through the Clerks uh, cartoon episodes. They were really good, a short-lived series based on this movie. Uh, we really like the show, and I think we could do the whole series because it's only six episodes long, but we will have our second commentary. No uh, no, no sync required. We put the video up. We've hit it from the, uh, the piracy gods. We put that up for you at patreon.com slash laser time. There'll be a new bonus sign this week where our buddy Aziz uh, sits down with us and talks about Sundance Movie Festival. He was there, saw like 26 movies. It was crazy. So if you like movies, check that out. That is exclusively for patrons, people who support us at the $5 level. Uh, once again, patreon.com slash laser time. It's how we live. I urge you to also check out 302010 this week. It's going to be real fun. Talking Simpsons as well. What was it? Radioactive Man was last week. Who doesn't love the goggles? They do nothing. And of course, Video Game Apocalypse. Uh, will be all new this Friday. We'll probably stream something. I don't know what it is yet, but I know uh, we have a very late version of uh, the Dragon Ball Fighter Z, uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, I don't know how to pronounce it, up on our YouTube channel, as well as a look at Monster Hunter. Get into it, people. I'm loving Monster Hunter. That's why it's that's why this promo took me so long. I was slaying one last Aragon. But check that out, lasertimepodcast.com. You can find all that and more. Thank you so much to our patrons uh, for getting us through another month. We really, really appreciate that. And if you got any change to spare, remember patreon.com slash lasertime. It helps keep the things you like alive. Coming in with the 1986's Dennis the Menace theme song, which I love for some reason. Oh. Not unlike my... Uh, it's another annoying theme song. I know, but it's very 80s. Got a lot of... Uh, That's that 80s, 50s where they're, thing. Where, where they're singing about how cool yeah. the character is. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And like, Because I love the comic strip. And when I went to my parents' house, or my grandparents' house, they got it in syndication. I'm like, there's a show? Of this thing that's not in black and white and run constantly on Nickelodeon. This is great. I loved it. And you can even hear uh, Phil Hartman as the voice of not only Dennis's dad, uh, Mr. Mitchell, but Mr. Wilson. Oops. Sorry, Mr. Wilson. I'll be right up. No, never mind. Don't come up. Hiya, Mr. Wilson. Here. Have you seen my baseball? Dennis, I ought to. It's yes. anime as fuck. It's it's it so... Ju and that's part of why I think some of this is really charming, because it looks way better than it oh, should. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, there's beautiful animation in the show. Is that the only time a cartoon character has enunciated, I ought to, instead of <laughs> just saying, I ought to? Just hold up, shake hotta, man. Like, that's shake all you gotta do. Boy. He was later replaced by Maurice LaMarche but when Phil Hartman got famous. I, I wanted to make this, like, how big comic strips were. Before we got superhero movies and all of our favorite books made into movies, we grew up with comic strip adaptations yep. out the asshole Garfield, it's a known property yeah Garfield oh, had yes. had two movies before Iron Man did Baby Blues and Baby Blues two had, seasons yeah. Baby Blues has Boy. two and I would say like O'Malley it's still going I think but we know about Baby Blues because it had a pretty okay show that Adult Swim re-ran for like five years in its infancy. Yeah, so and it I've seen okay. every episode of Julia it. Julia Sweeney, Mike O'Malley, Brian Doyle Murray the comic hey. I don't remember loving the comic at all one way or the other but like the show's fine 
I think that, I think this is fucking. I, I wanted to stick to like pilots that you didn't see or like characters you've never heard talk before. Um, so I don't know if I, ha- I even have that many more. But Dennis the Menace, I think, is amazing. Well, because one, there's a fucking UK property that's mm-hmm. with the exact same title. The black-haired Dennis. Mm. Oh. Dennis the yes. Menace has three TV shows and five movies. Mm-hmm. Wow! So I saw the live-action movie, the '90s gadget. one in the theater. The '90s like one, seven. And is, a, is Dennis the Menace still like the official mascot of Dairy Queen? Besides that, uh, we oh, did a laser yeah. time all about fuck mascots that were mascots for too long. Mm-hmm. That don't like if you go to Dairy Queen's website, they have a thing in their fact where they talk about it. Oh really? How they Jeez. ended their relationship because it was like so synonymous. And I looked it up. There's not like a ton of Dairy Queen commercials with Dennis the Menace in it, but he was on every cup yep. for about two decades. BC, and then looking back at these, these are like uh, I was BC on like In and Out or Chick Fil A. Arby's. <laughs> what? Arby's. Arby's isn't a Christian place. I Arby's, know. Arby's is a Satanist establishment. But this is like, this was is like in the '70s. But that, that was the thing the, uh, that I was looking into. That at some point the creator syndicate. There was so much competition for comic strips. They started giving creators 50-50 rights, so they could decide yep. whether or not to make the mascots. And most things, well, I don't want to make my own mascot. Let me use the BC characters. Let me use Dennis the Menace. Let me use Garfield. Garfield used to sell cat food for a, mm-hmm. a little a little, little while there. Uh, man, I saved the two boring ones for, for last. Oh. <laughs> um, or did I? Family Circus. So boring. I just can't think of anything more like 50s that was shoved in my face. I remember oh. it was a national news story when one of the Keens, I can't remember, I have it written down, Bill, created by Bill Keen in 1962. It's currently done by his son. But remember when they changed the mother's haircut? Like, no one has mm-hmm. had this haircut in 40 years. Can we please change the wife's haircut? No! No. no. <laughs> but uh, they had three specials. They gave her the Sinead O'Connor, right? No, they gave her just something a little more modern. Oh. Just something something that wasn't that, like, that like flapper hair helmet. Yeah, they got rid of the victory rolls. <laughs> It's just like a, a more modern, like, short hair. They gave her the storm mohawk. But this this did not go. And if you grew up like I did when once Disney Channel was like, huh, maybe we don't care enough about our characters anymore. You know what? Put on The Hobbit uh, and rerun a bunch of old shit that we don't own. All uh, the shit that we accidentally bought by buying other giant mega kind, corporations. I, that probably is what it was. But, like, uh, yeah, that's where I saw, like, the Berenstein Bears Christmas special. And yeah. I think I really think I saw The Hobbit for the first time on the Disney Channel. I saw Planet of the Apes for the first time on the Disney Sorry. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. The re- uh, the one where the world ends and everybody's bad. Yeah. Uh, I saw that on the Disney Channel. But they uh, nice. they would play the shit out of this stuff. And it's the only only because everybody after Charlie Brown remember Charlie Brown Chris uh, Charlie Brown Christmas I tried to put that in context over Christmas imagine you're a kid or even an adult reading these characters every day and all of a sudden someone tells you they have a fucking special it's for free and you can all watch it you can in a smaller world you can see why why sixty percent of people who had TVs tuned into that mm-hmm. that's crazy and for years after that everyone tried to do it and nobody could Garfield got the closest yeah you've been uh, not Florence Nightingale what is it when you fall in love with your captor oh, uh, Stockholm Syndrome you've been Stockholm Syndrome and enjoying these characters because <laughs> you see them every single day I, I find Peanuts incre- and I hate the name Peanuts I find Charlie Brown and those I find them incredibly redeemable do you very just hate good. it because Charles Schultz hates it no do you actually hate the name Peanuts it's terrible I guess it's terrible and I've never been able to like make myself call them that I've never heard anyone I, else I call them I think I was that. like 7 years old by the time I found out it's not called Snoopy mm-hmm. it's called <laughs> Peanuts it's not called I thought it was called Charlie Brown mm-hmm. um, but because that's what all the specials were called yeah um, you're not this Charlie Brown you're not Jewish enough Charlie Brown yeah. mm-hmm. right. well what about Flash Beagle though Flash Beagle is the shit and I'm happy to say if you bought the 4K remaster like I did this year <laughs> Flash, I thought, Beagle? Flash Beagle is 
on there. Nice. Flash Beagle was on there. It remastered in 4K. Wow. I had I have Flash Ultimate Flash Beagle, but no 4K machine. Um, <laughs> oh. I'm future proofing my Flash Beagle, which I don't know why, because that was a Snoopy cartoon made about disco in the early in the mid 80s like it was way late yeah. way too late uh, i totally forgot what i was talking about family circus no family okay. circus uh but sorry because it's totally boring but like it's i just boring. it's the worst but it started out with uh, a like the, the only fun part of family circus is those big sunday strips where they do like the big track about like oh see where billy went or whatever i love that shit yeah i love that shit when you look at your map on on zelda with a new update that's exactly mm. what it looks like yeah. where billy has been <laughs> when you read family circus you get bored before it's over and it's one panel it's one panel <laughs> it's one panel how do you do that but it's uh, like the opposite of far side it premiered it <laughs> yeah. premiered with a valentine's day special ended with an easter special uh and just here's what the mother sounds like calling out all the children billy dolly jesse dj time for bed Snore, snore, oh, snore, snore. It really leans. Sweet for- Chuck Mangione score. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot it's- what the the old haircut she had an almost perfectly oval head. Yes, that's yeah. like Melinda from Accounting. They're just like, oh shit, we didn't record any of the VO for the mom. Yeah. Who do we have? Yeah, and it just it, it leans really hard on the children because I think it thinks we can do what Peanuts did. We can we can cast amateur children, mm. be really cute, but it's just really slow and really bad, and there's no morose payoff. Like where Charlie Brown's like, I've accepted my lot in life. <laughs> my friends hate me until they don't, until I look sad enough. Until <laughs> um, we're all dead. And I, I, if, if you wanted to hear Opus, Opus talk from uh, Outland, he is technically still going. Berkeley Breath has the best deal in comics, uh, apparently. Well, or did he quit and he makes stuff exclusively for Facebook? I don't know. I meant to do more research I into this. not sure. But well, this isn't actually a good special. It's, it's, I, I, it's beautiful. This? I think it's really good it's beautiful and the clip you heard early in the show was robin williams uh was in the special due to some connection with steven spielberg and amblin and dustin hoffman is as well uh because they were both making hook at the time a wish for wings that work came out it was originally a a children's book it functions very well as a children's book it's not uh, the cynical funny thing that i I love what do do we call it bloom county outland or Opus. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really confusing. But it's really about Bill the Cat and his chainsaw collection. Yes. <laughs> but it was really subversive at the time. Yes. It was political. Oh, yeah. It Absolutely. was really fun. It was Berkeley Breath created it. Uh, it was really good. And then he retired it. And he's like, I'm going to create a new comic with none of these characters in it called Outland. Mm-hmm. Uh, got tired of those characters. Immediately brought Bill and Opus back. Mm-hmm. Immediately canceled that comic. Yeah. Brought eventually, Opus back. And just did a cartoon called Opus. Steve Dallas in it too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They all, he brought everybody back. But Opus has one... Very well animated special, A Wish for Wings at Work. Well, I appreciate your support on the way to my uh, support group. Now wait outside and please try not to give anybody rabies. <laughs> You're late, Mr. Opus. Everyone's waiting. There was a rhinoceros on 2nd Avenue. Uh-huh. Save it. Good afternoon, everybody. I'd like to welcome a new member to our group. Opus, please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Opus, and uh, I am a uh, a flubaholic. Hello, Opus. Hello, Opus. <laughs> I accept that my life has become ruled by an obsessive need for flight. I albatross. Just be glad your wife didn't leave you for an albatross. And you can totally <laughs> tell the See difference more. in the sound quality of like 
Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. You can you, tell they were like doing it on. Yeah, it's like phone. It's walking like Harold, to their trailer. Yeah, it's like Harold Ramis and all those guys that are in heavy metal. It's like because they were it was on the weekends <laughs> from Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah, and but I, it's a it's a pretty okay special. I really yeah. do. I I do like it a great deal. Tress McNeil's in there. It's got that late '80s, early '90s, uh, cool-looking, like very gorgeous backgrounds and mm-hmm. fluid animation. But it real work in a put weird into way it. of like Baby as Kids, like that era. I, I have no yeah. problem with it. I watch Baby no, Kids Baby's over kids and over gorgeous. again. I That's love what I'm saying, Baby's yeah. Kids. And I, it's, I see it up there in the related YouTube videos. Ziggy's gift. Ziggy, Ziggy doesn't talk. Oh. But like I discovered Ziggy through my parents had like a '70s collection, and I just poured through it, loved it, had a little Ziggy doll that I hugged. I was surprised to find out Ziggy was a comic strip at a certain. Yeah, oh, I, didn't I just know. know him from like hanging over cubicles, and mm-hmm. you know, all and that it's stuff. gone. You're like, thinking of Kilroy. Am I? I think at a certain point they turned <laughs> yeah. Ziggy into that as well. Although I remember, like, I, I think during a brief period in college, I started paying attention to Ziggy, and it's like, wow, it's just like the universe constantly shits on Ziggy. I'm yes. not tall enough. Yes, he, his yeah. only that's, friend is a that's dog. When Ziggy's at his best, but then it sort of just evolved into like uh, lame successories style. Uh, inspirational it's, stuff. It, it's it like Cerebus that turns into how women are dumb and tell us wrong things. <sighs> let's not talk about no, Cerebus. No, it's just, <laughs> well, let's only talk about Cerebus. Uh, it's just, it's super fucking 70s and hippy-dippy and uh, the the book I had anyway because I think mm. it was from like the late 60s, early 70s but Ziggy's Gift, a phenomenal Christmas special with music by Harry Nilsson and Ooh, oh. uh, animation by Richard Williams. So oh, it looks oh. amazing. Ziggy doesn't talk uh, but like, it's great. I love it. I watch it every year. Um, but on that tip of specials I never did get to see, but it's out there, Tales from the Far Side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh. I, like I said, Bill, Bill Watterson and Gary Larson are one of the few people who really ever walked away and never looked back. And I think Gary Larson did try and like, well, let's make some animated specials. It's, there's no real sound clips because it's super surreal mm-hmm. and they don't like to have people talk. Uh, but it seems like something from Liquid Television, but it's half an hour long, and there's mm-hmm. two of them. And I encourage you to track them down and find them. They're like only available on like Gary Larson's website. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. This is Peter Brent. As it happens, news KWTV and the stand of the Sauerhof. This is Russell. Is out of husband's house. It's in a local crew. Of and that's that's how everybody talks. They like almost make a sentence and then they don't. It's not interesting in sound in the slightest. But like Farside. Other than calendars, where I have a feeling it's still making a fucking mint, because like mm-hmm. I see a, any, I'm pretty sure any office you go to have a Farside calendar, a daily one or whatever. But uh, yeah, that this I don't know how Farside is still really fucking funny and got out oh, yeah. before it was ever unfunny. Really goddamn good. Uh, but also really interesting. I think one of the last ones we'll talk about before you can talk about whatever comic you want, for better or for worse. That's right. I was going to say, wait, there was another family-based mm-hmm. one that I feel like they took a stab at it, and I thought, wait, why are you even animating? It's this? really, yeah, it's Isn't it's it, not couldn't good. Couldn't you just no. uh, Family Ties is on television at this time? Can't we just watch Family Ties instead? The special isn't good, but I think the comic is. And yeah, uh, for better or for worse, is one of my favorite comics of all yeah. time, and I think that the animated versions are horrible. Yes, there's, I think, a, a, a few more specials made by, like, Hallmark or something like that, mm. but they had one shot at a Christmas special called The Bestest Present, because I believe the, the little girl lost her bunny and had to try and find it. It's, right. like, so boring, and, like, <laughs> yeah, who could, how did this... Could you it, explain what your, your love of... I mean, part of it is that it's it's extremely relatable, because yep. my, uh, okay. my family uh, followed a very similar pattern to the, the Pattersons, Yeah, uh, where, like, I was the older brother, I had a younger sister that I was continually abusing, and <laughs> uh, so th- things like... There, there's one strip that I always remember where 
Michael and Elizabeth have a fight, and uh, Michael slams a door, and it catches Elizabeth's finger, and they have to go to the emergency room, and... uh, like he he apologizes and she's like it's okay Michael my finger won't hurt forever and he's like yeah but my memory will whoa yeah. like, and, fuck well, yes and, and here's true. the bold yeah. thing it did for comic strips and it's kind of why it's over it ran from seventy nine to two thousand eight written by Lynn Johnston mm-hmm. uh, it made the bold move to like no our characters age in real time yeah mm-hmm. and so like their dog dies. The son grows up and goes to college. The dog dies saving their young daughter it's, from drowning in a river. I'm getting goosebumps. I'll it's never a, forget it. Farley. Death. Yeah. It's it's crazy and like no other comic strip went there. Uh, didn't Michael's friend come out of the closet in the yes. comics and like wow, really what and was, was that? rejected by his stepdad? Yeah. Aww. Like it was it was heavy. It was real. It was and it, it had a funny bend to it. It did, but like mm-hmm. it these you literally grew up with these comic characters you were like me reading this shit for 10 years these people aged 10 years with you it was real neat and it's one of those things where it's to to a degree it's sort of like the phantom or prince valiant where it's like if you aren't reading it every day you won't really connect with it yes but if you've been reading it for years then it you will connect with it deeply yeah if it's part of your routine reading your bridge column and dear abby (laughs) jesus jesus christ newspapers spank that snake baby um but but like i i think I got it wrong when I researched it. I think I put too much of my own spin on it. Lynn Johnston decided to stop doing it. She got mm-hmm. sick and divorced her husband of like multiple decades and started seeing other people and trying to live a different life. So they rebooted. They didn't reboot it. They reran the series, but she changed the bubbles and the art mm-hmm. to try and change the context of what was being said. Yeah, it was a little weird. It, and, well, well, it didn't they really eventually stopped. Yeah. They eventually stop, but she just, she's like, I can't do this every day. I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to meet new people, and I have a medical illness. But I'll try and recontextualize my old comic in a way that is current. And it was very strange for people who were fans of the comic to see a rerun with different words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, so they, they kind of stopped that. I think it reran a little longer, but you can still read it. It's it, I think it's it doesn't look like something I would like, but it's it holds up a, pretty well as comics a good comic strip. There are tons of good comic strips out there. Uh, I wanted, Is there any other comic strips I'm missing that we didn't get to find specials for? Uh, I mean, what, I don't know if this counts for that, hmm. but the Floyd Gottfordson Mickey Mouse strips and the mm. Al Taliaferro Donald Duck strips mm-hmm. are fantastic. And Fantagraphics puts out really great collections of those. I recommend everyone check them out, especially mm. if you like the Carl Barks Donald Duck stuff. Uh, the Donald Duck newspaper strips are different, but also very, very good. They're, they're more like Gag-A-Day, but they're like a little bit... Uh, there's a little bit of like the stories continue and mm. introduce certain characters like that's where um, uh, Gus Goose comes from like certain characters you know he meets I Gus, think it might have been Goose. where they introduced the nephews maybe that might have been the first place they showed up in but, the comics um, I, don't think, I don't think Barks made the nephews no, he did the not. one thing he's not yeah, credited I think, with I think they first showed up in the newspaper strips but I, uh, they're great I kind of wonder with the decline of the soap opera as a mm-hmm. medium do you think there will ever be a new soap opera strip? Or is it just going to be Apartment 3G until we're all dead <laughs> after the apocalypse? I think somebody has to do something I mean, like that. Mary Worth is still going strong. Like that's one true. of the One of the webcomic artists that I follow, uh, Dave Willis, he like if, if you look at him on Twitter, he does like exhaustive breakdowns of uh, <laughs> Mary Worth strips and like what's going on in them and like who's this character? And it's just it's such it's a medium I love so much, but I I, I see it having a hard time surviving because even I don't find yeah. it that palatable. I complained about it on Cape Crisis all the time. Marvel telling me one fourteenth of a story every month that was mm-hmm. not very good for me. I would much rather wait mm-hmm. till it's over and read it like that. Yeah. And I still enjoy the shit out of reading comic strips like that. And I just watched. 
Uh, Dear Mr. Watterson, a documentary about a guy trying to track down Bill Watterson just talking about Calvin and Hobbes. And I feel very lucky that my... And I have everyone has this story. What was your first strip? Hmm. My town never had it. I wrote letters every week for my paper to carry Calvin and Hobbes because I lucked out. My dad went to Sam's Club on the right day. Pro- I would guess heard something positive on NPR brought me home the first book and I became obsessed with Calvin and Hobbes absolutely yeah. obsessed and, and I love watching that documentary because the same reasons I'm obsessed everyone in the world can get obsessed with because when you're seven years old your whole world is the woods and television and cereal and cartoons mm-hmm. and if you're lucky enough to live around snow snowmen did we, did we not mention Dick Tracy at all no we didn't but like that's no. part of like in the early 90s, like, they were just making comic strips into films, like, constantly. Everyone... Even if it was a comic strip, no one liked or read yeah, anymore. Yeah, Slam Evil, baby. Billy Zane is here, and he's the Phantom. Whatever you think <laughs> of that Dick Tracy movie, like, watch it again. It's because fascinating. Because that crazy. Yeah. I, would, yeah. it, I will never call it a good movie, but, like... I mean, I loved it when I was a kid. I, I think I'd have a very different I love it for it the kids. It's super worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Dick Tracy, look into like the crazy places that comic strip went, where you think it's all like the movie, like it's all this you know boots on the ground detective stuff, which mm-hmm. it is mostly. But like he went to the moon, like a lot of stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. in Dick Tracy. Uh, I, shit in Dick I refrain from playing the the clips of the cartoons I did once in another show, and they're real racist. Oh, super <laughs> like, hella racist. Well, he he has like racist sidekicks. He does, yeah. Oh, and uh, I, I quickly mentioned. So was Beetle Bailey, by the way. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And the cartoons, anyway. Well, uh, I, I always remember like one of the first uh, when they introduced Corporal Yo, the Japanese American. This is Corporal. Going well. uh, <laughs> one of the first strips was like he introduces himself as Corporate Yo, and like they said, Corporate Yo. I was like, oh, sorry, getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Oh, uh, yo. I, I quickly mentioned that. earlier <laughs> Little Nemo and, and all the stuff by him. But yeah, that's the Windsor all, McKay. Windsor uh, McKay stuff is all amazing. And Bill Watterson, the guy that, he goes off and like the, 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 you, they used to vote a full page to these Sunday comics. And that yeah. Windsor McKay stuff looks real great. It's incredible. The, the way to read it, if you're going to read new printings of it, mm-hmm. get the ones that are that size. Cause they're, and then uh, his other strips are kind of underrated. Like the Rarebit Fiend is mm-hmm. also incredible. It's about adults, so it's different. Or, like, how about this? Let's remind ourselves to put some Amazon links down there. You can help support us, maybe get some of this stuff through there, including watching the movie Stripped on uh, Amazon and I believe Prime has Dear Mr. Watterson on there if you're a Prime member hmm. uh, but maybe some of these books and stuff like that lasertimepodcast.com we do appreciate you guys listening I've wanted to talk about this forever mm-hmm. I know we talked about it on Cape Crisis a while back but like comic strips I cannot believe I was there this hard for comic strips go to Toon Lagoon Toon Lagoon awesome. I do I, I'm, I'll make fun of it all day long because I know everything in it. Get the most disappointing Dagwood sandwich ever, uh, but it's still uh, an okay cold cut sandwich. Okay, $70 sandwich. I will say, <laughs> it's I like don't, 11. I don't think there's anything that can quite replicate the feeling of growing up in a small town with a kind of crappy small town paper mm-hmm. and like just growing up on that comic page for years and then you go to like a bigger paper like the Oregonian mm-hmm. or the Seattle Post Intelligencer and you see this huge multi-page spread with like comic strips you never knew existed. Yeah. Who the like, fuck are the Lockhorns? <laughs> that that feeling does not exist for today's children at all. Yeah, and I, like, I feel you bad. You had to be there at a Finally, certain point. Finally, Andy Cap is in my life. <laughs> no, I had Andy Cap. That thing uh, was shit. Was Even as a kid, I knew that was shit. Even like, his fries were shit. Yeah. Oh, like, what is this? Those. This is a, a wife-beating drunk who calls his wife pet and... <laughs> And his hot fries are greasy and yeah. gross. Uh, I, I did recently, I want to share this. I might have said this on another show recently, mm-hmm. but um, I heard a story a little while ago about whatever the universal equivalent of Imagineers are, when they were making Toon oh, Lagoon, no. it was like a big deal for them. Yeah. Because these were licensed no, it properties. it looks good. It looks amazing, but they were like, 
just slowly getting all those licenses while mm-hmm. they were building the park. Oh, wow. And there are stories of, like, like guys are, like, hammering nails into walls and stuff, and a guy would, like, open a door with, like, a paper in his hand and go, We got Kathy! <laughs> and then they'd all go, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> were, they, were they holding out for the born loser, Brutus Thornapple? Uh, I did not understand that reference at all. See, that's the wonderful. that's the strips I had to grow it's up. It's all with. complicated. Fucking born loser, Andy Cap. Uh, yeah, it's just garbage. Fucking was, was syndicate Lil, garbage. Little Abner a comic? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, but it's I, the, it was over by the time I was born. The first play I ever went to was Little mm-hmm. Abner. I remember it's like you yeah. like it. You like comic strips? I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't like this at all. This is nothing like a comic. And strip. then there's the movie also, which oh is a God. live action musical based on a comic strip I'm, that is so bizarre and cheesy. I recommend everybody watch it. I want to say the comic strip characters were the original Avengers, mm-hmm. um, even though they yes. never combined universes. Slylock Fox is a racist. Pun, right? I don't. It's Slylock, not Shy. That's what, that's what yeah. I'm saying. But it's Slylock Fox. I don't. I think not it, really. It's sort of based on Sherlock. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I, look, Sly. I'm officially as the uh, head white person. I'm giving this a pass. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for electing <laughs> me head white person. White people. Yes, I'm the mayor of white people. I'm giving it a pass. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. I I could talk very so much longer about this stuff. Diana, you have any yeah. favorite comic strips? Calvin and Hobbes, by the way, please read Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, it's for fucking, sure. It, it, it's, if you never have, check it out. It's, it's, it's when, great. When when we talk about this medium, like what we miss about it, I think that will be the one because it never got to go. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It, yep. it's, it'll never be animated. No, never you be can't toy. Buy, uh, yeah, Hobbes. I, I, mm. yeah, I feel like Hob- Calvin and Hobbes is like so beloved mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. it's gone beyond. That. I feel like Far Side is. It doesn't get as mentioned. It doesn't get mentioned as much as Calvin and Hobbes. That's great, and it's fucking great. Hmm. That's great. Those volumes of Peanuts collections also very, very good. Also by Fanographics. Uh, is that by Fanographics? Yeah, yeah. How the fuck did they get Barack Obama to write a foreword to one of those books? <laughs> they rule. They're like the I was best. just like uh, Matt Groening, Garrison Keillor, Barack Obama. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Oh, Matt Groening got his start in, in he did. Newspaper strips. Life in Hell, which he did up until like not that long ago, and mm-hmm. it's stellar. It's great. It's, yeah. it's the best uh, argument for like no, Matt Groening is a genius. Like yeah. people try and Stan Lee him and say that he did. <laughs> have much to do mm-hmm. which also stanley's a whole complicated issue but like mm-hmm. people try and say he didn't have that much to do with the simpsons but like no that dude's a fucking genius and is you know uh uh we just learned on the live episode of your show mm-hmm. that he was in the room all the time because dana gould said it like dana gould's like yeah matt's down the down the hall like mm-hmm. he's involved I, I didn't even remember him saying that and i was there mm-hmm. uh is that episode he, out yet i gotta hear yeah it, it came out that's on talking simpsons by the way or talking simpsons patreon uh patreon.com slash talking he might have said it off the show but he definitely said that but we are supported by patreon patreon.com slash laser time we do an exclusive show for you every week maybe we'll do some follow-up stuff to this i don't know i didn't really like give matt a heads up i know you have a lot to say about comic strips so if like i love cartoons have, yeah like that, that's I, I think this sort of back in the day when you had two chan two three channels and cartoons were on for like three hours a day in the afternoon and morning this was where you'd go to get more cartoons you'd have to go to the fucking newspaper mm-hmm. and that's that's why i love it so much first and foremost my love is cartoons why, why do i have to keep saying and then that? you go from there to the collections like you're always before the, we had the internet we had to find these things and the and newspaper strips are the easiest accessible things now and i do want to recommend if you like this show check out the laser time episode i'm trying to remember what it was called but it was about mascots that outlived their products or something like that like mm-hmm. how the fuck uh, mascots no that's not it no no it's not Vigigame Apocalypse mascots riding mascots I don't, know, <laughs> I don't even know what that is it was what like that's two like years Ratchet ago? and Clank uh, what was the, the one that came out with the Banjo-Kazooie 
No, the the one that was sort of in the vein of Banjo Kazooie that came out recently. Ukulele. Yes, thank you. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was about how like for some reason. So now you talk about Roadrunner and. Well, no, we well, we talk about how Fred Flintstone has been hawking shit for longer than he's ever had a mm-hmm. cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how Pink Panther still sells aluminum siding and, oh, yeah. and, and insulation. Donald Duck orange juice and Andy Cap fries. Like somehow that is like surpassed the legacy of their comics by Peanuts like, Life Insurance. That's finally over. Yeah, that had finished. not happened at that time of recording. I didn't know that was over, but I encourage you to watch Dear Mr. Watterson because uh, the Pearls Before Swine guy, Stephen something, has this beautiful statement on all of that. I love it so much. I and, wanted. Uh, to... I recommend Comic Book Confidential. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? The it's no. a documentary from the late '80s. Uh, I've watched it like a hundred times. It's mostly focused on like underground comics, mm. uh, but of course those start with. You know the guy who the guy who ran EC Comics like mm. like made Mad Magazine and got his start in just reprinting newspaper strips. So like that kind of stuff oh, gets yeah. talked about, and that's just sure. a great documentary. Mm. Yeah, but check it out. Check out all that more at laserdampodcast.com. Again, we do appreciate your support laser, uh, at Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. That's where what funds this whole operation. Uh, that's what keeps us fed. That's what keeps the the lights on and uh, our bodies alive. Um, and hey, if you like hearing about video games, that's uh, true. Listen to us talk about them every week on Video Game Apocalypse at videogameapocalypse.com. Three of the people at this table are on a show called Thirty Twenty Ten. That's where true. We explore pop culture the very week you listen to a new episode thirty years ago, twenty years ago, and ten years ago, including TV, movies, video games. Well, we anything. got some good movies coming. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Including Mediate. the best movie of all time. Including the best movie of all all, all time, and the best movie that has a discussion about whether Cassius Clay could beat Muhammad Ali. Mm, three minute I baby. Don't know what that means. Well, I you'll can't find wait out. To get to it on Thirty Twenty Ten every single Thursday. Uh, and again, patreon.com slash laser time. We have over 100 movie commentaries and cartoon commentaries, including Animaniacs. And I think we'll throw up a Clerks one this week where we looked at the second ep- episode oh, of nice. Clerks. We'll eventually um, have watched all of the animated series. I don't think take we're going to run out of time. The universe will end before we get to the sixth <laughs> episode. Uh, but thank That's you so much for listening. I-